Today's podcast is brought to you by Audible. Get a free audiobook download and 30-day free trial at audibletrial.com slash new music industry. Over 180,000 titles to choose from for your iPhone, Android, Kindle, or MP3 player. kind of quiet throughout july as usual this is not due to a lack of content to share with you but rather a mix of burnout increasing workload vacation time and planning for my future my one week trip to ontario by the way was entirely too brief but much needed and enjoyable but i wanted to talk a little bit about my plans though i can't share any specifics just yet i am looking to relocate in october hard to believe but i've been in calgary alberta for nearly 23 years during that time i made plenty of trips to Red Deer, Edmonton, Lethbridge, Camrose, Barhead, various parts of British Columbia, which is Alberta's neighboring province to the west, Saskatchewan, Ontario, Sandpoint and Coeur d'Alene, Idaho, Spokane, Washington, Portland, Oregon, Hawaii, Mexico, Japan, California, and more. In retrospect, I can see that I've never been one to sit still. I've often felt it important to have a home base of sorts, but that was always with the idea of being able to move freely between different locations, whether it was for the purpose of traveling, touring, or otherwise. That desire has only grown over time, so as I look to the future, I plan to incorporate more adventure into my life. In any case, I thought I would share a quick update with you before getting into today's interview. If you've ever wondered whether there's a release strategy that can help you generate amazing results, you're going to love this episode. Let's get into it. Today I'm chatting with Outer Loops' Paul Phelps. How are you today, Paul? Doing great, David. Thank you so much for having me on. Yeah, thanks for joining me. So I'm sure everyone's curious, what is it that you do at Outer Loop? <laughs> so... It's it's a real interesting position. What I, I I'm a, a a systems analyst by by profession, my my nine to five, as it were. And so what I've always done is develop systems. And what I found, uh, and, and I've been a music business uh, failed music business manager myself, and a uh, uh, worked in the music industry for a number of years with. Uh, Sting, Paul Simon, uh, um, just a, whole, a who's who of uh, of those types of artists back in the uh, late '90s and early aughts, and uh, I've always been a fan of what of the music industry and how it was evolving. So I always kept my my toes in. So I met a gentleman by the name of Mike Mowry, who's been mm-hmm. extremely successful in developing artists and turning them into theater and uh, you know large theater packing artists around the world and so and taking them from the garage right to that and so i I found what he did fascinating and when we happened to to meet at a uh, uh, south by southwest uh we just hit it off and so from that relationship what i do for him is i take all the things that he and his team at outer loop management and outer loop records do and i create systems out of it and then I bring those systems back to those teams so that or to that team. So that way they don't feel like they have to recreate the wheel with every new client, with every new album release cycle, uh, every new tour and so on and so forth. And when those systems work, then I take them to our our platform that we call out of the coaching, 
which is when we just make that available to everybody. And that that's one of those things that Mike and I bonded on was just the idea that, you know, information just like music is not a zero sum product. It's one of those things that you give, 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 give away and the world becomes a better place and you don't lose anything, you know. And that's one of the things that we love about both information and with music. You can share it till you drop and you are no less. And mm. it's not like money. It's not like furniture. It's not like anything else that I could ever think of um, well, besides maybe love. So uh, that was what we bonded on. And that's, that's what I do. And as that relationship has evolved, what I've done is I will A-B test and tweak the systems and that sort of thing and try to find ways to make it faster, better uh, for the team. And when it works, we bring it back and teach it. When it doesn't work, it uh, ends up on the cutting room floor. And uh, yeah, and so that's kind of, that's my position at Outerloop. It's it's probably fairly unique in the industry, but uh, uh, it works out for, uh, for, for everybody. It's a win-win-win, as they say. Hmm. I'm curious what the coaching looks like. What does that look like? Well, you know, in the beginning, there was an intention to make it a way to teach the music business. Uh, however, hmm. I'm a, the way that things have evolved is that uh, I'm a huge fan of musicians being musicians. Yes. I've always felt like if you can allow musicians to focus on being great at what it is that they are already great at doing then that's when they're going to be at their best. And when they're distracted by all the things that they need to learn in order to be successful in today's modern industry, and it's vital, it is absolutely vital that you need to know a ton about the music business, no matter how great a singer, guitarist, drummer, etc. you are. Uh, but saying that, if there's ways that I can develop um, – uh, if I can make these systems as easy as possible so that you don't actually have to learn much, all you got to do is do it. Mm. Then that is that's when I think it's successful. So uh, the way I describe it is it's like tablature for the music business. So rather than trying to, mm. you know, learn the song, you hear it on the radio once and OK, and I need to learn all these chords and I need to know how to do this. I need instead you just play the right notes at the right time and you're going to be pretty darn close. And then as creative people, what I really hope will happen is that they'll take some of what it is that we do as systems and be able to do the tablature. But then as creative people go, let me try this because I think I might be able to do this a little different. It might work. And then it makes it better. Sometimes it'll make it worse, but if it makes it better, call me. You know what I mean? So that's uh, that's that's the idea with what it is that we're trying to do at Out of Loop Coaching. Like I said, it's evolved over time, um, but uh, uh, the 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 release it right is our sort of flagship program. That is our template for what it is that we. Uh, hope to develop going forward and, and certainly the uh, what it is that I'm most proud of that we do. I recently did a webinar. It was Digital Marketing Essentials for Musicians. It was about an hour long and 
at least from my standpoint, it was about as easy as I could make it for people with, without, you know, compromising on the need for really just the basics, like a website and social media platforms. And still at the end of it, there were musicians going, this is way too much. Or like, how do you even do it all? <laughs> yeah, so- oh, absolutely. I find, yeah, I'm like you, I'm sure, uh, you know, I'm just steeped in SEO and, uh, uh, you know, um, oh, different ways to to tag YouTube in order to get you know better uh, uh, a better chance of showing up on searches and you know all that sort of stuff and it's just a ton of work yeah. and and uh, you know look you know like um, you know my my big I, I I was a musician for a time and I was the manager of the band while a musician we toured the country a ton of times and. Um, you know, and, and had an independent uh, release that did fairly well, all that sort of stuff. Uh, but for me, getting on, I had a real hard time relating to not only the bands that we toured with, but even the members of my band. Because for me, I related mostly to the people in the audience, and I still do. Hmm. And so if I can find a way to make it easier for fans like me to discover really, really great music. My belief is the best way to do that in at least this time in the 21st century, the best way to do that is to make it as easy as possible for the musicians themselves to make themselves known. Mm-hmm. It, it's one of those things where, you know, my biggest pet peeve is I'll look at, you know, speaking of digital marketing, like a, a Facebook feed or an Instagram feed for a band that I love. And here comes the album release and, you know, here's a handful of posts and, you know, hey, go out and buy our album. And then after the album's released, then you get a post about a tour coming up and then and then you don't hear about them for a year and a half until they expect everybody to get excited again. Mm -hmm. That, oh, no, we got another album release. It's like, well, where the hell you been? You know, (laughs) And as a fan, I I find it frustrating that like. Uh, YouTube is like this opportunity in my mind for for like MTV for every single band that I love. And if every band treated their YouTube channel like a TV channel for their band and thought about it like a fan, in my mind, it would be documentaries, videos, back of the vaccine stuff, Mm -hmm. conversations, just everything you see on like that, uh, you know, that sort of like uh, late 90s MTV when they actually did play music or music had something to do with what they were doing. That's what made that channel really effective and really great. But most of that music sucked. So if it were a channel for a band that I love, then, yeah, I would absolutely want to hear and see that kind of content all the time but coming up with that stuff is hard and it's a distraction from just you know sitting in the basement and uh, playing paradiddles until you're better you know <laughs> it's so true you know many bands can't keep up the traction they've built up by you know furthering the momentum with additional social media posts or news releases or whatever it is and like you say for some bands i'm sure it's just kind of a boring task or one more thing they have to do in their day and they haven't fully integrated with with the digital system that that exists but i'm a big fan of systems i don't know if that's something you you know about me i i 
encourage artists to create systems for themselves in in my books as well. I'm not sure how much artists like the idea of systems, but maybe we can uh, turn that around a bit in this episode. (laughs) That's great. I love to hear that because, yeah, there's nothing more left brain than a system yes. and man when you're talking to a bunch of right brainers they go i don't i don't want it but <laughs> it, you know it, it's almost like um uh you know it's a tool right and if this if the tool is easy to use and it's simple and it and it's easy to understand then it, you don't look at it as a system you just look at it as like a a cool tool when you're when your phone mm-hmm. is complicated you don't make phone calls, but when you press two buttons and you got mom on the other end of the line, well, yeah, you, you know, depending on your relationship with mom, you're calling her all the time. That was certainly the case. Like a few years ago, I went into network marketing. I guess that was 2012 now. And I didn't stay in that business. But one of the things I found so convenient about this smartphone thing was you could call anyone with a tap of a button. It was so much easier than just dialing. <laughs> Not like anybody remembers dialing. but yeah, Totally. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And, and that was kind of like, so just sort of to give you a little bit of background on, on uh, I was about to go on a, a, uh, a flight from here in Ireland where I live currently, uh, back to the U S and, uh, I was on, I was talking to Mike and we were talking about his successful releases that his, uh, record label and his management company had, uh, worked with and, and been a part of whether it be with a label, uh, another independent label for artists that they represented or the label themselves. And, and I said, Hey, you do me a favor and just send over like, Everything you got, like every napkin, <laughs> every note, everything that you've got on, say, the top four or five releases that you can think of over the last two or three years. Hmm. And so we sent that over. And as I'm sure you know kind of where this goes as a fan of systems. Like I could see the patterns like just screaming out, you know, like the the timing of when things were done, the um uh, yeah, the, 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 when the single would come out with a, uh, visualizer versus when it came out with a video versus, uh, and then you know, all that sort of stuff was all set, uh, fairly regimented. But when I would talk to Mike, I'd be like, well, do you know, do you realize that there's a process here that you fall into regularly with each of these releases? And he's like, no, it's just like every time we we start with a blank slate and then we start brainstorming how things are going to go. And certainly we remember how things have gone in the past, but we are starting from scratch with every new release. So what I did was I documented the commonalities and uh, made a system for a release rollout. Mm. And so outer loop started using it. We called the, we put this out and called it release it right. Did really, really well and got a lot of great feedback with people going, you know, I'm getting 10 times the streams I got on the last release, um, you know, uh, getting signed to labels that they were, were dream destinations based on, um, getting those great first week sales that put them on billboard and, you know, all those sorts of things were happening for them. And we're getting really, really great responses. And I was just blown away. Just it did not expect that at all. And certainly hope for people to, to be able to use it and, um, and it, for it be effective for them. But you know, I'm sure you see it firsthand. There's so many people who will buy any type of program 
And then they just let it sit over there and they don't do it. And Mm -hmm. so that was really what I was expecting. But uh, it turns out that just about everybody who was doing it was just kicking butt with it. And especially the Outer Loop team. The Outer Loop team was using it. It was shaving uh, weeks off of the time that they would spend planning their releases. It made everybody on their team more accountable as to, hey, did you do what you're supposed to do? Uh, to prepare for this coming week. Oh no, but let's get on it. You know, that sort of thing was happening that hadn't happened before, before it would be like, uh, Hey, this week, can we put out this and that? And somebody go, Oh no, I'm not ready. Can we do it next week? Okay. You know, is that sort of style, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, and, uh, so over the course of, uh, a little over a year, just the Outloop team was just kicking butt with it. And, uh, having some really great releases uh, and and great successes with it. And so th- then what happened was Mike's got a client called Ice Nine Kills. Mm-hmm. Um, if you're a uh, if your listener is a uh, fan of uh, the metal core scene, they might have been familiar with Ice Nine Kills, but they're far from a household name. And uh, they were one of those bands that you would see opening up for bands that you love and that, and, and you might like know them. You might have a friend who's bought the album or, or listens to him regularly or wears a T-shirt, but not like even within that scene, not the top tier. Uh, they were a developing artist. And um, Mike and the team uh, took Release It Right to Spencer and and um, uh, the um, uh, the rest of the band and the record label uh, Restless Records and they all decided that what they were going to do because they had a much grander vision than what Release It Right was was that they were going to just expand on it. They were going to make it more weeks of a rollout. They were going to do videos for everything instead of, well, this will be a visualizer and this will be just a premiere single and things like that that we'd had before. And they... Um, just went full on with social media. Obviously, a very good-looking singer. They had a very, very um, uh, visual presentation to and theme to this album called The Silver Scream. And so they wanted heavy on Instagram, heavy on YouTube, and just everything really, really visual, lots of pictures, lots, lots of graphics. And when about a, two weeks before the album release... Mike sent me a text and I got to find it because it's it was so great. He goes, I think this I think this release is going to really, really blow the doors off people. It's something along those lines. Like, I think we got a big one here. I don't know how big. And, you know, I was like, what do you think? You think it might be make top 100 billboard top 50 maybe? He's like, I don't I don't know. It's too soon to say, but I don't know. The momentum feels really, really good. Hmm. And they released the album debuted at 27 on billboard just killed it with streams killed it with pre-sales uh just absolutely crushed everybody's expectations by a far far uh just just so much and so immediately i said to mike uh you know get me in touch with the record label and save all of your notes and let's document this thing and so from the month of uh, late October, the album came out in mid October from late October, early November up through February, March. I 
painstakingly went through everything that went through this rollout, documented everything, and just made it so that anybody who wants to release their EP or full length in the same kind of way can do so. And uh, so that was the inspiration, and that's what we ended up developing. That's amazing. And we're going to delve deeper into that for sure. One thing just by way of comment, you know, the way you talked about creating these systems, which I'm sure added value to Otter Loop, you, you can already tell just from what you've already shared that it made a difference. And it is so different than another leadership style out there, which is kind of like, what's next? Which is a great question to ask, but it totally drives you nuts when you're like a musician or you're in a band and the leader goes, what's next? And you're like, well, we're going to have to digitally distribute the album. So we're going to go submit it to CD baby. Great. Go do that. He comes back. What's next? He comes back again. What's next? Right. Just yeah. over and over and over again. Cause the process hasn't been thought through and you don't have a system where the what's next guy can kind of calm down if you have those systems in place. Yeah. And it's funny cause you know, what the, the I, I have in, in there's four, main workbooks in the uh, Release It Right, Ice Night Kills uh, edition. Mm. And the first one has got a, a calendar where it's just it makes it real simple to set what your release date is for your EP or full length. And then from out of that, you can uh, you, you can look back, you know, one week before, two weeks before, three weeks before to, to see all the things that you need to do mm. in order to get ready for that release. But it it goes from left to right. It doesn't go from, uh, or I'm sorry, it goes from right to left. It doesn't go from left to right hmm. because you, you need to start at the end <laughs> to know where you're going. Yes. And I couldn't find a better way to do it too often when someone goes, okay, we're going to release our EP or our uh, full length, let's say on, um, uh, November 10th, uh, assuming that's a Friday. Right. And then, uh, everybody goes, okay, all right, so what What are we going to do this week to get ready? And, you know, maybe, uh, well, we're going to shoot a music video. And, well, that takes a little too long to edit, and all right, we're pushing that back. And then uh, we need to get our ISRC, and that takes too long. And uh, we need to schedule our release party, and uh, the, the venue's not ready, uh, not available. You know, all those things happen, and before you know it, your release date is, you're not ready for your own release date. So, knowing what it is that you need to prepare for and knowing all the things that are ahead before you even start and everything, not just the destination, but the road and all the exit signs along that road, knowing what all those are, it's just absolutely critical. Well, let's get into that then. What exactly can you share with us? What steps were taken to get this release out there in the way that you were able to? Yeah, so the first thing is, and I, I touched on this earlier, but uh, I, it really is, in my opinion, the big key is the video-centric rollout of this release. YouTube was just such a vital part of this entire rollout. I can't encourage people enough in 2019, 2020, when you're listening to this, to really make the effort to shoot 
music videos or prepare music videos for every one of your singles. It, mm. YouTube has become I, I, I can see it just, you know, I, I, not to date myself too much, but I'm the parent of a teenager and I learned so much about the way that people are thinking about music now by talking to him and his friends who have no, he knows what I do, but his friends have no clue. And what it is that I think is really interesting is they use YouTube the way that those of us who are older and probably even people in their 20s use Netflix or use um, just traditional television. Mm -hmm. It is the way that they in they, they're gobbling content and they're doing it by subscribing to channels and just going back to those channels and then using uh, liking videos, commenting, so on and so forth. But then also letting the uh, algorithms tell them what other videos they need to watch. But they're starting with YouTube. They start they, they they're looking for stuff on YouTube. They're trusting the suggestions that YouTube comes up with. And uh, it's just they're, they're experiencing their music. I mean, obviously, Spotify is king for how audio or songs are being uh, um, uh, uh, consumed. But YouTube is is right up there. And I wouldn't be surprised if it uh, grows at, at just so much faster rate than most any of the other platforms. Hmm. And we found that, like, as each video was released and uh, people were watching it, they were anticipating the next one. The videos are really, really good. A lot of energy was put into them. There's a lot of talent involved in the videos. They, the videos themselves thematically fit in with the album and the, the videos that follow. So everybody's anticipating the next one. We never saw a drop-off in the number of views for videos. We actually saw those uh, views that view rates and the, and certainly the speed in which people rush to the next video, we saw that escalate. And so that was a really interesting thing. I think in conjunction with that, the band released four singles, three of them prior to album release. And the fourth one, I believe was, uh, hold on, I can check right here. The fourth one was released, uh, just the, yeah, just like one week before. Uh, the album was released. So it really, you know, captured the momentum and uh, went went towards getting those pre-orders in and those last minute people. On. But more than anything, just really got people who were still on the fence uh, to, to buy that first week. And as we all know, those purchases count so, so much more than the streams when uh, trying to get those sound scan numbers up for week one. Mm -hmm. And uh, so, yeah, that, that, that was it. You know, whether four singles is might be too many for some bands. You really have to have a really good catalog and a really deep uh, a number of great songs on, on a full length. If you believe in three or four of your songs, you just got to you, you front load it, front mm -hmm. load it. Yeah. So it all begins with, with the music videos for each single, as well as the single release, which sounds like something every band could do, assuming they planned well and maybe had a bit of a budget or at least could call in some favors for beer and pizza to make it happen. Yeah. And, you know, uh, I say this all the time to, uh, uh, you know, those of us who uh, are the students uh, or, you know, those who have got into uh, release it right and are on our uh, Facebook group that if you've got 
volunteers and you've got people who will help out to shoot a music video in a single day, you, you know what? Bring extra clothes and uh, shoot two, shoot three, mm. shoot four videos in one day. There's, you know, if it, it's not that difficult once the camera's set up and all that sort of thing to throw a whole new backdrop, take a shower if you necessary, come back and do it, do it again, it, especially if you're not doing anything too elaborate. Uh, so, yeah, you know, there's no reason that you can't shoot that that music video where you, you're standing in front of a backdrop or you're uh, out in a field or whatever it is and do that in, in the same area that you shoot more, say, a story based uh, uh, video. There's no reason you can't do that all in one fell swoop. Hmm. Right. Batch process. That's a good productivity uh, tip right there. Yeah. Oh, but, uh, you know, it's sort of a the, that same idea about. I love that term, by the way, batch process. That's so good. Mm. There's a similar idea with the idea uh, when to the idea of batch processing, when thinking about each single as it comes out before the actual release of the album or, uh, or EP. And that is that each one of those singles has its own release rollout. And it's only a week or two but you got to generate it, it, all of this is about generating excitement. And so you need to generate excitement for the release of each of those singles. So you, you need those teasers. You need, um, uh, you know, graphics saying it's coming and, you know, all those sorts of things to try to generate that anticipation and excitement for the single. And it, it's almost like a sales technique where you try to get the buyer to say yes if they say yes to single one and yes to single two and yes to single three, yes to single four, they ain't going to say no to the full length. And that is, I believe, like another part of that whole release rollout process that a lot of bands miss out on. They think, oh, well, we'll put out the video on Friday. Well, guess what? Like you put it out. If people, you know, nobody's waiting for it. You have to build that so that they are waiting for it so that you they get into that uh, exercise of going to your YouTube channel or hitting that bell instead of just subscribing because there's greatness coming and they know it's coming. It's just they're yeah, now they're excited for it and they don't want to miss it. And that's really, really critical. Um, and that goes also for the social media and that sort of thing. You got to get people to really look out for your posts and look out for uh, you, you know, your group posts and that sort of thing that you're doing on Facebook, the algorithms make it so hard for bands to get that stuff seen. Yes. So you have to find ways to get the audience excited to see it. So they'll go out of their way to make sure that they make the adjustments they need to do so that they don't miss it. Even if it means going to your page because they know something's coming. They may not know exactly when, but they're excited for it. Yeah, it sounds like something you could totally couple with Jeff Walker launch methodology, which is essentially three videos. You know, the first video saying, here's what we're thinking of releasing, kind of ambiguous. Then the second video is, okay, thanks for your feedback. We made these adjustments. And then third video is, hey, it's released. Here it is. Go and check it out. I don't can't tell you why it works. It just does. <laughs> I mean, we've used it for a crowdfunding campaign and it works wonders. I, you know, that, that product, product launch formula, I went to his uh, conference in Arizona a few months ago, and 
I, uh, there's some things that I love about it and some things I really despise. <laughs> I agree. One of the things that I really dig is, uh, thinking about product. Uh, let me, let me put this out there. Like if you don't mind, like I, I met a number of musicians at that conference and mm. hung out with a lot of them, uh, because everybody's looking for another way to find a way to kind of launch what they do. And the product launch formula is incredibly expensive it is not worth it for musicians in my opinion Mm. but i will say that i think some of those techniques that three video technique the idea of you know uh generating um uh interest and and answering that question why all those sort of things are absolutely vital to uh to crowdfunding campaigns but also really great for those bursts of um activity that you do to generate a little bit of revenue between tours, between album cycles, that sort of thing, whether it be having, um, you know, a bundle of shirts or a bundle of merchandise in general that, that you want to get out there and get sold using your email list really, really effectively. I I always, you know, I feel like that uh, PLC and, uh, uh, probably launch formula is, is, pretty interesting for that sort of thing and, and in fact it's one of the things that we've been testing over at outer loop with uh, a couple mm. of the developing artists very interesting yeah i guess if you want access to it you can always go and get yourself the book that's you know only about 12 bucks at the same time i've read it and it is very wordy and convoluted it should be a lot simpler <laughs> than it is maybe he's just doing that on purpose he over explains things and he even admits it and then says but i'm doing that to help you and it's like it's not actually helping me i just need a diagram showing me how it all works uh, well maybe offline I'll, I'll give you some of the things that i really didn't like about the plf thing but i do that off yeah but it, it sort Fair of goes enough. back to that that thing of like um of you know how much do you want to learn and how much do you want to do right. and yeah. You know, you could pull, you could, buy, you know, I, I used to have that Donald Passman business of music book and, you know, I read that thing front to back more than once. I felt like I was dumber at the end than I was when I started. <laughs> and, and, you know, and I was genuinely like full bore interested in that material. So, uh, you know, I think that, uh, yeah, with, with all of this stuff, I really, really encourage musicians to simplify as much of this as they can Mm. but do so in the as an exercise in order to inspire themselves to do it because i find that confusion and um uh having too many ideas all at the same time is it just you end up like just frozen and that's something that, you know, again, as a fan who really wants musicians to be great at getting their music to me so that I'll get those chills, you know, that I get every once in a great while when I hear a great song. That's what I'm after as a fan. And anything that gets in the way, I hate it. And that might even include just too much information, <laughs> you know? You know, I'll see that all the time with like, you know, oh, well, you got to be on Instagram and you got to be on Facebook and you got to be on Twitter and you got to be on this place. And so don't forget uh, Slack or or not Slack, uh, uh, Snapchat. And don't forget, you know what? Be on like two platforms. Yes. Maybe three, you know, and just be great at those. I, I couldn't agree more. Yeah. You have to start off with a focus and you may want to register every social media profile you can up front in case you ever need it. 
However, when you're starting off, you should focus on one or two platforms and just hammer those before getting others dialed in. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah, there's a lot of things that musicians hate. I know they hate spreadsheets too, and I hate to say it, but... (laughs) I got a big old spreadsheet, you know, and you can print that sucker out and tape it to a band wall. And I, I, I promise it looks horrific. I know it causes people's skin to crawl. But you know what? Take your pen to it. Check off things as you do it. And, uh, yeah, hold the other guys in the band uh, uh, accountable to the things that they say that they're going to do or that they've taken responsibility for doing and getting other fans and and family members to help out as well and hold everybody accountable and make sure that everybody's on task and and that your rollout is really going out well and Mm -hmm. it's so much easier when it's you can see it you know it's up there and it's real it's uh it's so hard when doing it like with a mobile app or something but yeah someday someday (laughs) yeah i'm a total geek when it comes to spreadsheets too so i I do encourage their use are there any other steps or nuances that make this strategy work well i i think that the yeah it's those micro releases within the big release schedule i think is really key uh, one of the things that I did for RIR Inc., uh, which is shorthand for Release It Right, the Silver Scream edition, is I went through every single one of the Facebook and Instagram posts that the band did. And so that way I could document, like, was it a graphic? Was it a photo? Is it a video or a, a teaser video? And was there a link? Is it a link asking people to try a contest or was it a link to um, uh, uh, you know, pre-order or was it a link to pre-order from a, another retailer besides uh, uh, within the uh, inco- ecosystem that is just like a partner retailer, uh, Newberry Comics and, and, and uh, uh, folks like that, uh, documenting each and every one of those. And then also taking a look at as of like three or four months after the posts were done, how many views, how many likes, how many shares, how many comments did all of these posts have? So that way, when a when a band is just too busy and, you know, look, I'm sorry, we can't do another Instagram post. We can't do, you know, six a week or 12 that week and eight this other week. Well, you know, you can take a look at the view counts, the share counts and all that sort of thing and prioritize what it is that you think you need to do so you can at least come close to releasing the album or full length the right way. I so love that. Yeah, and I'm looking at the website right now, learning a little bit about the release it right. So I, I, I can kind of get a sense of uh, what that's like. So where should people go to learn more about all this? Well, uh, the best is outerloopcoaching.com. Uh, thanks for letting me uh, mention that. Um, we've Mike wrote an ebook as a music management primer that's uh, free to download. Uh, I also have a a pre-recording checklist that's absolutely free. I love getting this out to people. We actually have a bunch of recording studios and producers who use this uh, pre-recording checklist to give to their clients before they come into the studio so that they're prepared before they go in. Because, you know, your release rollout, you don't think about it after you've already recorded. you got to be thinking about it before you even go in the studio because it's just a really awesome time to be developing those assets that you can uh, put do you know later later on. 
uh, and put out as part of your release rollout to get people excited. And um, uh, release it rights available now, but uh, I'm still uh, I, I I'm not sure when. Hopefully in the next uh, 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 two to three weeks, uh, give or take. I'm hoping to have release it right the Silver Scream edition available. It's uh, just going to depend on uh, a few other factors, but it's almost ready to go. Uh, uh, but I'll have that available soon as well. But really, I, I just want people to get the ebook and and to get that uh, pre-recording checklist. And and really, I just want bands, if nothing else, because th- you know how it is. Like very few people are going to say, you know what, I need to invest in my band by doing this. When people, when bands want to invest, they invest in a new muffler. They invest in a new <laughs> amplifier. You know, they invest in dinner. You know, that's yes. what they do. And and I, I totally respect that. So, you know, all I really want to do is I just want people to know that they need to think about this the right way and think about their rollout and know as much as possible so that they don't have to think if you know it you can stop thinking and uh, that's that's really ultimately my goal so that really awesome bands i won't miss them that's what i don't want i don't want to miss really awesome bands so if you're an awesome awesome band then please uh get great at making sure the world knows that you exist fantastic that's great advice paul well thanks so much for your time and generosity is there anything else i should have asked uh, no, that that I think that's you know, but you know how it is, David. Like uh, I'm sure you and I could go on and on about this yeah. sort of stuff for hours on end. And I know I've been thinking about this for so long, and I still get you can hear my voice. I get really excited about it. So uh, yeah, I, I gotta I gotta pull back. But uh, yeah, outerloopcoaching.com. I I got the blog and and uh, uh, videos and all that sort of thing, just to kind of trying to get great information out to people as much as possible because. Yeah, that's that's it's it's uh, if I got hit by a bus tomorrow, I, I say this to my wife, if I got hit by a bus tomorrow, I'm really proud of my kid and I'm proud of my family. And, you know, but you know what? I'm, I'm I, I would really hope that this program, this release it right program might be the one that people will go. Yeah, there was this guy and he really made it better for me or he made it better for uh, uh, all the bands that I love, that would be really, really cool, you know? So that's, uh, I'm, I'm super proud of this. And that's part of the reason that I'm excited to try to, uh, let as many people know about as I can. Absolutely. Well, thank you so much. Thank you, David. You're great. I really appreciate your time. And I'm back to wrap up today's episode. You may have heard Paul mention a free pre-recording checklist in this episode. If you're interested in grabbing your own, you can go to musicentrepreneurhq.com slash outerloop. This offer comes with Mike Mowry's music management primer as well. So again, go to musicentrepreneurhq.com slash outerloop to claim these free offers. Thanks for listening and keep on rocking. Thank you for listening. Music in this episode was brought to you by Brian Young. Wherever you're listening to this right now, please consider leaving a five-star review and comment to help us get the word out about the podcast.